Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. When I was younger, probably around 11 years old, my home church had this guest preacher come in. His name was Huey Wood, and he was well known in the Mississippi Conference for his preaching and his ministry, but he was most well known for his storytelling. He had stories to go with nearly any scripture passage you could think of. Seriously, he was like a living, breathing chicken soup for the Christian soul. When he talked, people listened, and you were bound to laugh, cry, and cuss all in the matter of just a few minutes. So Pastor Wood's claim to fame was the phrase, preacher, tell me a story. And he told a story one time about a church in the hills of Kentucky. And it was a union church with both Baptists and Methodists. They shared a building, and the Baptist preacher and the Methodist preacher would alternate preaching every other Sunday. But the congregation came regardless of who was preaching. And then every fall, they would bring in coal for the winter, and they had one big coal pile. And inside the church, there was this large sign that read, One Lord, One Faith, One Baptism. What a beautiful picture of the body of Christ, right? Well, there was a small disagreement that happened over, of all things, the altar flowers. And it got blown way out of proportion, to the point that the Baptists stopped coming when the Methodist preacher was preaching, and the Methodists stopped coming when the Baptist preacher was preaching, and when fall came, when it's time to bring the coal, they stacked up two separate piles. So some high school boys came into the church one Saturday night and wrote under the sign that read, One Lord, One Faith, One Baptism, but two coal piles. One with, oneness, unity, undivided, in one accord. A few weeks ago, we started this sermon series called One With, leading up to and through the called General Conference of the United Methodist Church where United Methodists from all over the world are going to meet together and discuss the issue of human sexuality. And I appreciate this sermon series for a lot of reasons. It doesn't tell us what to believe about this very personal, controversial topic. We aren't splitting hairs or parsing out contextual, scriptural, theological mumbo-jumbo. Not that that stuff is necessarily unimportant. But instead, we are choosing to focus on the one thing that all United Methodists should agree on, the importance 
of this table. Holy communion, a means of grace. So we are breaking down part of the communion liturgy that we say every first Sunday and can be found in the front of your hymnals. Now I'm going to be honest. When I think about this idea of oneness, of unity, I get a bit overwhelmed. I mean, let's get real. We get a small group of people together, and we can't even decide what we want to eat for dinner. But this is the tension we hold as Christians, as the body of Christ, all different, all with an important purpose. The Apostle Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians, one part of the body can't say to another part, I don't need you. And this communion liturgy, this table that we come to, is the ultimate equalizer. This table where we all approach with empty hands, needing to experience the mystery of grace. So for the last couple of weeks, we have journeyed together. Make us one with Christ, one with each other. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be one in ministry to all the world. I would like to invite you to stand as you are able for a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject you in your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you have heard verses like this before or something similar? Yeah, I see some nodded heads. That blessed language is also found in a well-known passage in the Gospel of Matthew, known as the Beatitudes. It's one of Jesus' most known sermons called the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus sits on the side of the mountain and he preaches to the people. And though these two passages may share some of the same language, 
they have a completely different tone. And I think that is where we should start today. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus doesn't sit on the side of the mountain, but instead comes down from the mountain and stands on level ground. Jesus comes down to be with the people. And I think I could preach a whole sermon just on that first verse. He went down with them and stood on a level place. When, when I think, what does it mean to be in ministry to all the world? Well, church, first we have to come down from the mountain. And we have plenty of mountains to come down from. The mountain of judgment, of selfishness, of greed. The mountain of people wanting, of wanting people to look and speak and think like we do. The mountain of doubt that holds us back from going where God is calling us to go. The mountain of pride that keeps us from acknowledging that we might be wrong. We might need to be the one that changes. We have plenty of mountains to come down from. We can't be one in ministry to all of the world if we aren't actually going into the world and going in a way that puts us on equal footing, both literally and figuratively, just as Jesus modeled for us here. We have to get out of our own way. The youth don't know that I'm going to share this story today, but last summer we went on our first mission trip in over a decade. We went and served with an organization in Birmingham, Alabama called Urban Ministries. And while we were there, we painted a lady's house, we worked in an urban garden, and we served at an all-comers meal at a local United Methodist Church. And I'm sure you can imagine what it was like for this group of mostly sixth graders to be exposed and to see that kind of poverty for the first time. They gave up a week of their summer vacation to the work in the Alabama heat, and the first day, I think pretty much all of them were ready to pack up and go home. It was hard work. But as the week went on, and we continued to have conversations about why we were there and what service means to our faith, when we saw the generosity of Miss Reed, the lady's house we were painting, when we had conversations with people that look and live differently than we do, I saw God begin to move in this group of students. Did they still occasionally complain? Absolutely. Alabama heat, but they got out of their own way. I would even say that they came down from the mountain and stood on level ground, for they learned that to be in ministry to all the world means that we have to stand with our neighbors. And I think Jesus's blessings and woes can be an eye-opener, especially for a first-world 21st century church to who exactly we are standing with. 
Luke's account of the Sermon on the Plain gives us four blessings and four woes where Jesus completely turns upside down what the dominant religious tradition saw as the formula for receiving God's blessings. You see, they thought they pretty much had it figured out. For so long, they believed that God's blessing was material, that it was about things. And it could be identified clearly through continued wealth and privilege and well-being and social acceptance. While those who had continuous struggle, who experienced hunger, who wept and were shunned by society, were surely shunned and rejected by God. Though we might not have those same beliefs, I do think there are some similarities in the way we live our lives. We might not say that the latter are rejected and shunned by God, but we surely aren't coming down from our mountain to hold their hand and walk through life with them. Sometimes it's almost like we're waiting for them to figure out how to get up the mountain themselves. Enter Jesus, stage right, who declares that the kingdom of God is in his very person. Jesus declares that the poor, the hungry, those who weep, those who are hated are actually blessed by God, while the rich, the full, Those who laugh now, those who are well-connected and loved by all, are the object of God's woe. In Luke, God breaks down the doors, splinters them, and in walks Jesus boldly proclaiming to the disciples, to the crowd, to the church, a very different picture of the kingdom of God. Luke makes clear that the Beatitudes are about a community of disciples standing with the grieving, the poor, and the hungry, just as Jesus does. They are about practicing the presence of Jesus through acts of care and compassion. Luke asks us to follow Jesus into the crowd, to learn about him not from debating scripture or arguing our point, but from working alongside him. In this simple act, Jesus declares to the multitudes that God stands with us. God stands with those whom society stands against. So what does it mean to be in ministry to all of the world? It means to stand with those whom society stands against. Now, I know that some of you are listening to this reading, and you might be feeling a little squirmy. Luke may have crafted a nice balance between blessings and woes, but these woes kind of have the upper hand coming at the end of the reading. And it's our tendency to want to distance ourselves from the people of the woes. Like, that's definitely not me. But to do that, we would have to argue that we're not, we're not all that rich or fat or happy or well-liked. And we might be able to claim that we're not rich, but when most of the world lives on less than a dollar a day, that argument doesn't hold much water. 
And yes, there are some people here sitting here today who are experiencing real pain and suffering. We can even change roles from time to time. I don't want to discredit that. But when approached with a text like this, our brains start to do some serious, what I like to call, justifying gymnastics. We find ways to make excuses and to rationalize our prosperity and our indifference. But these woes at the end of the text today beg us to stay with the discomfort and to avoid engaging in any form of denial. God does not take kindly to half-heartedness. God does not bless us as we maintain the status quo. God does not bless us as we bathe in the respectability in the eyes of the world. God does not bless us as we quietly maintain tradition. God does not bless us as we gloss over or ignore prophetic voices in the church and in the world. God does not bless us as we continue to protect and build institutions. God does not bless us well-off, full, comfortable, and well-spoken for. And sitting here in Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, that's probably a hard word to hear. Maybe sometimes we need to hear a hard word. So let us come down from the mountain. Let us get out of our own way. Let us follow the example of Christ. And let us stand with those whom society stands against. In the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. Amen. Now let us go from here with the power of the Holy Spirit, being one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.